0: to another episode of Dead Men Talk and for this one I get to welcome back uh, another returning guest someone I've not had the um, had the honor of speaking to for again about 18 months or so Uh, he's been very very busy as we all have but we've got a lot to talk about I welcome back to the show Chuck W Chapman how are you sir
1: I am great good to see you Chris thank Thank you you. for having me back on
0: no no worries no worries I was I, I was uh like I say, I've been meaning to get you back on. I didn't mean for it to take so long, but it's a good thing anyway, because like I say, you have been busy. So we'll give you we'll give you time to have done what you what you've been doing, and then it's given us something else to talk about. So it's uh how's things over there anyway at the minute.
1: Oh okay, good, good. COVID's finally subsiding a bit. Yeah. So that's that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, everything's <laughs> kind of opening back up, I suppose, you know, even though we kind of still don't know what the future is. It's fun and games over here, I tell you. But I think it is everywhere, so. It's, yeah, I think it's just one of
1: those things we're going to have to live with, you Yeah, know, so.
0: It is, it is, and and it's just, I know everyone's got their opinions and everything. I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole. This isn't what this show's about. But, um, you know, some, some I'd say some people's opinions and views uh, largely, you know, don't sit with my own sometimes. But, uh, <laughs> you know, common sense seems to have escaped a few people, but that's fine. We'll wait for that to come back. Anyway, not why we're here. Um, last time we had you on, like I say, about eighteen months ago, um, it's the summer of twenty twenty, I believe, just before the release of your book, Family Man. Um, so mm-hmm. we were talking about that. Let's let's kind of let's 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 sort of fill in the gaps. Then, um, how's that been going for you? You know, with the book, because I think it was released just after we spoke. I, I think, if I remember rightly, the release. The family right Man ahead.
1: still doing well. Good. Um still staying, still selling, still um, keeping me busy in that. So still doing some personal appearances and stuff on that. Um, So, uh, you know, book signings and things, I've got a couple coming up, one in Charlotte, North Carolina, one in Atlanta, Georgia, and then another one here in Greenville, South Carolina, which is my hometown. Mm -hmm. So I've got those scheduled and coming up for um, Comic-Cons and Monster-Cons and Horror-Cons and those type things, which lots of interest in yeah. Charles Manson and lots of interest in Family Man at those top
0: places. I, I, I saw that like pretty much straight off. You, I saw you was lined up like Comic-Con appearances in particular. Very, very cool. Um, mm-hmm. are, they, are they things that you were aiming for, you know, prior to the book release or was it something that kind of came with, you know, the subject matter as it was with, with what the book was about?
1: Yeah, I mean, I enjoy doing those. I've gone to those for years as a fan And then now that I'm, you know, writing and doing films and that type thing. So I've been going to them and selling films and everything for several years and now the books and stuff. So they're super enjoyable. I mean, you meet great people. um, You have a good time. So if they're they're around, I highly recommend people go to them. Yeah, I, I've managed to
0: get to get to a couple over the years, but my, my little boy, I tried introducing him to, um, he loves like Marvel and things like that. And I think it blew his mind. walking oh, yeah. To seeing loads of people dressed up as comic book characters and, and you know, people he recognised, people he didn't. And it was, yeah, they're great. They are great fun. Great fun. So how, how's your relationship with Charles Manson? Is there anything else that's sort of coming off the back of that? Or is that kind of keeping you busy enough on its own um, at the moment on that front?
1: No, I mean, you know, that was a one-time thing. I mean, it was, I mean, I'm still fascinated with the case and I still try to learn more. And, you know, I don't know, maybe if new things come out or anything, maybe we'll do an updated edition or something in the future if there's any, you know, major revelations. But, you know, I think most of the facts are out there now. Mm. You know, you got to dig for them. And my book was more a primer. It was so that people that really weren't interested in digging deep, could still get a good sense of what I feel like the truth was yeah. instead of what had been portrayed as the truth all these years. Yeah. So, but my book's more a primer. It doesn't go, you know, deep, deep, deep in. And I don't um, give you printed copies of the police reports and all these no. minutiae quotes and stuff. I try to give you an overview. Um, you know, like I said, more of a first person of count of, cause Shep's a fictional character, but pretty much everything else in the book is factual mm. And historical. So, a lot of things that weren't brought forward over the years, and things like books like Helter Skelter Mm -hmm. and The Family, and all these big popular books that everyone thought was the truth, you know, a lot of those things are very disputed. Mm -hmm. And I think I present a lot of evidence that those weren't necessarily the truth, at least not the whole truth, as far as motive and everything goes, um, for sure. So, You know, if people read my book and want to get more interested, then I give some um, things in the back that you can look up. Okay, here's where I got some of my facts. This is where you can dig deeper type things. Mm -hmm. But if you want to read it more as just like a novel, as a straight story through, then that's what this one is. This one's Mm -hmm. great for that. And, you know, if you don't want to spend weeks and weeks digging through details, then I give you the highlights. I give you this is what if you had been there this is the way you would have seen it happen
0: yeah yeah i i remember when we last spoke i you reminded me actually i've got helter skelter the book that i've had for a few years now still haven't picked it up i must admit because it's quite a big it's quite a big tome and i think learning what i did from yours even though like say it is a work of fiction i almost felt satiated then i was like you know what even if that's the only book i read on it i'm happy so uh job done yeah. So
1: well
0: thank you. No, no worries. And I also like the fact that <laughs> personal shout that, out. That's
1: this, by the way.
0: That's that. And if you check out what's written across his head, I I I personally like that as well because you my yeah, podcast yeah. actually well, gets well, a shout out. So you know, there, there you, you go. go. All publicity <laughs> is good publicity. So um, well you were actually
1: the first. I've done quite a few since, but you were the first person that interviewed me on the book. Oh, okay. Uh, the book had just been released when we talked mm. the first time. Yeah. So that's that's how that got on there because I don't think even yeah I don't think the print version was even out. I think you read the PDF version. I did.
0: I did. Yeah. 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 No, no. I really appreciate that, and it's just great every time I see that flash up. Yeah. You know, it's all good. It's all good. Let's 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 move on then. Let's try and fill in the gaps of what's been happening since, starting with this little beauty here.
1: If you can see it yeah I'm girls and right. cars and things that matter
0: yeah it's amazing it's it's a, I mean I'll let you obviously you know sort of introduce it I will say it's 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 brilliant still on my playlist I was
1: giving it away awesome thank you
0: today but yeah you just t- tell us a little bit about that sort of how it came about and what it's about and, and all that
1: well I, I was a recording musician or performing musician for years and years and years and I really hadn't done a lot with it in the past say 15 10 15 years I mean, I'd been playing at a couple of churches and stuff. I'd done the occasional show here and there. but for the most part, I hadn't done a lot with my music over the years over the past 10 to 15 years. Um, I had done quite a bit the previous 10 to 15. Mm. And so I just I wasn't sure if anyone would care. You know, I had these new songs that I'd written over the past several years, and I was like, you know, I'd like to get these out. I would like to put these on CD and get these out so people can hear them. But I don't know if anybody even cares anymore, because the music scene has changed so much yeah. in that time that I'm like, you know, my music is definitely not hip hop. It's definitely not rap. No. So, um, you know, I'm like, eh, I don't know if there's a market for it. But I decided I would do this little four song EP mm-hmm. and put that out and see if anybody cared, see if anything happened. And it's done extremely well I'm at my YouTube channel. I've gotten up to over 500 subscribers. Um, so subscribe there. YouTube.com slash C slash W. Chapman Music.
0: I'll do that, and, I'll, put um, it in. I'll
1: put it in. Awesome, yeah, if you can put that up, that'd be great. Okay. Um, you know, so we've got three videos off the, no, take that back, two videos off this CD and one of my really old videos up there. Um, yeah. Off of m- some previous stuff, but um, the videos have gotten great views. Sorry, my side oh. light went out. Um, <laughs> and a couple of thousand views on the videos and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we can keep those going and doing um, yeah. good. That would be great. Um, the CD, I figured if I sold 50 copies, I was going to be happy, you know, my friends, family, and stuff. Yeah. Um, so far, the CDs sold between digital and physical sales, a little over 5,000 copies. Wow. I released it totally independently, totally on my own with no label help, no real fanfare or anything. Just kind of put it out there to see what was happening, if anyone would care. And, you know, apparently there's still a market. So I'm I'm glad that there's still a market for real rock and roll.
0: Absolutely. I was going to actually bring that because this isn't something we really touched on in the last time we spoke. I think I might have mentioned that you were a musician as well, but we didn't really go down that avenue. your your type of music, your style, you hit the nail on the head there. It is quite a, I wouldn't say you know retro necessarily, but it's definitely a style I grew up with. So, I mean, that's one thing that really drew me to it. What were your influences musically that sort of brought you to this point or this kind of style?
1: Um, I like so much. And that's probably why my music doesn't sound like any one thing mm-hmm. is because I listen to so many different kinds of music and so many different eras that um, you know, I think you could probably hear some 60s in my music. You can mm. definitely hear some 70s and 80s in my music. And you can hear some 90s, I think, in my music. Yeah. Um, and that's because I listen to all those eras. You know, I'm a huge Kiss fan, um, a huge Beatles fan, you know, and then I like a lot of the power pop and um, power pop um, punk and stuff. Mm. I love the Ramones, Green Day. Um, so like I said, there's so many things, so many different influences that I think they all kind of mesh together and make whatever it is that I'm creating.
0: Because there was a couple, and I, I, if my sister's watching this, she will love me for giving them a shout out. One, thing, one artist that it really takes you back to, I don't know if you're familiar with him, you may well be, is a guy called Per Gessler, who was one half of Roxette. Um, OK. If you ever hear his solo stuff or what he's done with his other bands, particularly back in the 90s, very, very similar and okay. you know it's great it's it's, it's you know like I say feel good rock and roll you know there's nothing that, that, that there's nothing offensive there's nothing that will put you off and it's just brilliant to have just have on in the background
1: so yeah you know, yeah to me music should be fun absolutely you know <laughs> absolutely you know it should be fun it should be something you can listen to something you can relate to uh, you know i'm okay i think it's cool to make you look back and say oh i remember my you know high school girlfriend from this mm-hmm. song or, you know, I remember my first car, or I remember, you know, where I was doing this, whatever, that if it invokes some happy memories or some good memories or even bad memories, as long as it invokes some emotion. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of the problem today is that most of the music doesn't evoke any emotion. It just is, it's just kind of there. Yeah. It's just, worse.
0: you know, the, um, yeah. The, the, the one thing I really search for in music that I listen to or that I'm really drawn to and have been for many years now is songs with stories you know even if it's not really obvious i mean folk music i'm a massive fan of folk music it's very obvious you know the stories are oftentimes what they're um, what they're written about but i'm very interested in delving into what what was the stories behind some of the songs that you guys have written so i mean the the ones that are on this ep in particular are there any particular like memories events or anything from your life that have that have gone into any of these or all of them even
1: um I think so I mean obviously you know you pour your experience in you write what you know Mm -hmm. I always feel like if you that's why all my books are set with southern United States characters Mm -hmm. is because that's the area I'm most familiar with now I've been across the country I've been to multiple other countries but the place that I am most familiar with is the southeastern U.S. so that's where I'm going to base most of my stories um Same thing with the music is, you know, that's why I did girls and cars and things that matter or, you know, what was what's important to me. What do I care about? What did I grow up caring about? And when I was in high school, when I was in college and, you know, forever, the things that mattered were my cars my girls you know? <laughs> so you know because like i said it seems like you relate that, or i relate things back probably shows what's wrong with me mm-hmm. is that i relate things back to okay what girl was i dating when this happened that's or, fair
0: enough. Yeah, I can get you that. know who
1: was i with at this time or whatever and that's kind of how i mark um, periods of my life mm-hmm. um which Is probably sad if you really think
0: about it. I it's probably no sadder than what I do to be fair because it's all based probably on um either what movies were out or you know I was a massive wrestling fan growing up so it'll be like okay what was they you know what's Hulk Hogan doing at this point you know kind of thing and I right. can't remember what you know I can take myself back there so now we've all got those we've all got
1: those yeah I'm a huge Ric Flair fan so are you
0: yeah, okay yeah. I saw that. You know, Actually, I, I grew up that.
1: watching. I grew up watching the NWA. NWA, so. yeah,
0: in that, in that, um, in that area, isn't it? Sort of, it would have been. Yes.
1: Yeah. Sort of, oh yeah, we. I was in the heart of the NWA. Yeah,
0: yeah. Did you so ever? We were to, right here. Sidetrack a little bit, but this does link to my other podcast that I, you know, that I resurrected and put down since we last spoke. Um, did you ever get to like experience any like NWA in person back then? oh yeah
1: they came through my hometown every monday night awesome so i was i was at the arena almost every monday night during my high school my (laughs) middle school and high school years so i saw a lot of the greats now i was really young for a lot of them but you know i saw paul jones and wahoo mcdaniel and black jack mulligan and the superstar and the rock and roll express in fact um robert gibson still lives not that far away from now ran into him at a chinese restaurant one time oh really wow that's
0: amazing so yeah
1: so you know we saw all those guys because they were right here you know i'm right i'm halfway between atlanta and charlotte
0: yeah. so
1: like i said literally the heart of nwa mid-atlantic championship wrestling yeah. and you know later wcw
0: yeah yeah so, so it, it, we're, it, we're right
1: here because the nwa was based in charlotte and then WCW was based in Atlanta. Yes. So I'm halfway between both. So the whole Spoil. time I was right here in the heart. So.
0: Spoil. Yeah, I, I looking back, I, I grew up obviously with WWF over here. We, NWA and WCW wasn't really a massive thing back in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, but the more I've gone back, the more I do prefer, I think, the NWA. On paper, I've said this many times on my other podcast, the NWA's um, roster, say, I don't know, Take 89, for example – could have wiped the floor with what the wwf had it's i guess oh yeah it was, it was amazing you know? but yeah yeah
1: i mean you can watch those if you've ever seen that series of i think three matches between rick flair and ricky steamboat
0: yeah 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 etched up here nothing
1: matches that no. that's the best wrestling ever
0: yeah yeah and so they were they were banging out hulk hogan and randy savage you know 50 odd nights in a row probably back then on the other side on the other channel yeah it was bit, crazy uh, yeah. But
1: back to your original anyway, question.
0: There you go.
1: Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no. Hey, <laughs> obviously, I'm cool with talking wrestling. Um, but you would ask about the songs and what they meant. Yeah. Um, yeah. My songs are rarely about particular things. They're generally about multiple things that I kind of roll together. Mm-hmm. Like if you've seen the video for Everybody's Broken, it's written about, um, it's centered around mental health issues. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: So it um, in the video, you know, it shows a couple arguing, you know, um, alcoholism, drug abuse, um, homelessness, um, you know, depression, suicide, anxiety, all those things, because at this point in our t- existence, I think everyone is dealing with at least several of those subjects. You know, I don't think there's anybody walking around out there. Or if they are, I want to meet them and have their life Yeah, because, you know, I have multiples of those, you know, and I think most people deal with so much stuff. And when you're dealing with most of that, most of those things, you feel like you're the only one. You feel like, you know, nobody knows what you're going through. Nobody can understand when people can understand because everybody's broken. Everybody's going through something. Everybody's dealing with heartache with loss mm. with um depression with doubt with whatever mm. you know everybody's dealing with something so i think that song is just kind of saying you're not alone mm. you know and there's help you can get through this yeah. but i try to say it in a happy upbeat style i was just so saying that, that
0: yeah you wouldn't you you i mean now that you've said it, yeah, it makes so much sense, you know, the subject of it, but but so it, it doesn't necessarily fit. I don't want people out there to say this sounds really depressing. Um, but yeah, the, yeah, the style I, of the music my song just sounds kind of happy.
1: Just, yeah. 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 Kind of my, my trademark is kind of I write really, I'm not, I can't say always deep, but I mm. try to put meaningful lyrics to happy music. Yeah. So you can listen to it and feel good. Yeah. Or you can really dig into the lyrics and dig into what I'm saying and go, wow, yeah, this, this, this touches me. This is something that I can relate to. This is something I can feel. Or you can just put it on and enjoy it.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. And that does all three, I think. And I think the one song on here, I absolutely love. I mean, I love all of them, but fighting for my life is, I mean, take that out of there. And that would be on any of my playlists by itself. Awesome, okay. man. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, that's the
1: second video. Well, actually, that was the first video we did from the record. Um, and it is, that song is about, and what's weird is this song was written about 20 years ago. Okay. But I never recorded it. I never really played it live. I just kind of wrote it and just kind of set it back going, hmm, I don't know what to do with this. Because hmm. um, most of my songs really are where the title of the album comes from, is I have a friend musician who Their music is very topical. Their music is very, um, you know, everything says something. Everything has a meaning. Everything is related to societal issues or whatever. And, you know, when we were talking one day and I said, man, I just write songs about girls and cars. You know, my songs aren't that deep. I just write songs about girls and cars. So that's where the title of the album came from is Girls and Cars and Things That Matter. And actually the things that matter line literally comes from fighting for my life right. because it is more of a topical song and like I said 20 years ago I had no idea where this song belonged no. well this song belonged in 2020 or 2021 2022 yeah. Yeah. this song belongs now this song didn't really apply as much 20 years ago as it does today mm. in the fact that You know, it's talking about, don't let the government control you. Don't let the government tell you how to live your life. Don't let the television control you. Mm -hmm. What you see on TV is not reality. You know, find your reality and live in it. Don't live in television reality. Don't live in news reality. Don't live in government reality. Mm -hmm. Live out here in the real world where the rest of us are. Because I think it's so easy to lose yourself in all of the stuff, you know, in all of this confusion and all of the stuff going on, mm. it's so easy to lose yourself and you don't know who you are anymore because you're so tied up in what's going on in the world. Mm. Yeah. So that's what fighting for my life is, you know, don't listen to your TV screen, don't listen to your government, don't listen to your media, listen to your heart.
0: I listen to the song. <laughs> Just tie that on there. But yeah, I, I, I think... Music to me, I I grew up for years, I, I would just listen to music every moment of the day when I wasn't in school, you know, um, or I wasn't watching wrestling. I would have music on. I, I took something from it, I didn't really know what. And as the years have gone on, it's been really, really important to have music to, it almost like, not to sound cheesy, it centres me again. So whereas I found writing that was therapeutic for a particular part of my life, music has always been there to kind of just, okay, when I need to escape I feel like I was escaping from the real world, but probably what you brought forth there is actually, I was probably distracted by everything else that was going on and I needed that connection back. And I can totally see where that comes from with this song. And it's almost like a, a sentiment like that probably is timeless because you can put your own meaning to it at any, any point, really, even, even outside of what's going on at the moment, people can always find that a meaning of their own in,
1: so that right and i do feel you know like i said sometimes you have to fight to get yourself back yeah. it's so easy to lose yourself mm. and even take away you know take away that same thing it comes back to relationships even mm. you know you get embedded into a relationship with someone and you end up losing who you are yeah. in that relationship so it's it's so easy to lose who we are and i yeah. think that's what fighting for my life is about is you know sometimes you got to really fight to figure out who you, who you are as a person who you are inside
0: yeah yeah and um, i say i can't relate more you know more to that than at the minute so you know hence the reason why i think i've gravitated particularly to that track um so sticking with the, the music side for a moment before we sort of change tracks once again is there plans for more sort of you know yes more, actually
1: more- um from this um i actually picked up a record deal with a company called bentley records and we will be hopefully in May. I have 10 new songs written. We've been rehearsing for a couple of probably two or three weeks now, trying to get those songs together. Plus we have a couple of live gigs to play. So we're still getting that together as well. Cool. But um, hopefully May, June of this year, we'll have a full CD coming out on Bentley records.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Congratulations with that again, by the way. Oh, thank you. That's, that's, that's amazing news. Amazing. How, how do you, how do you juggle everything? Because, you know, I've just, just, just before this, I've found out you've got a day job as well. You write, you play. I music. do have, you have a day music. job. How, how do people ask me how I do this with, with kids? How do you do all of that?
1: You know, I think one of the things I hate to hear people say is, I would love to do that, but I don't have time. Mm. I think you make time for the things that you would love, for the things that matter to you, yeah. the things you enjoy. I think you find time for them yeah um you know I, honestly i can't tell you i don't know how i do it i look back sometimes and go i ask myself how do you do this mm. you know how do you have how do you fit this in because it does seem like i have more than 24 hours in a day sometimes yeah <laughs> but like i said it's passion and i think if you love something if you really enjoy it i think you find time for it yeah. you know no matter what that is and i mean you know i still have a personal life i still have you know, things that I do besides these things, Um, you know, I'll go to a concert, I'll go to a wrestling event, um, you know, but I don't bury myself in those, I don't, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do drugs, I don't have a boat, I don't play golf, you know, this is my thing, you know, so if I want to get away, like some people, you know, they go play golf every weekend or whatever, well, I'm probably writing songs, or I'm writing books, or, you know, coming up with an idea for a movie or I'm acting in someone else's film or that type of thing, because that's, that's my release. Like so where some people bowl or some people play golf or some yeah. people go boating or fishing or whatever. So I don't do those things. This is my, le- this is my leisure, even though it's work, even though it's, um, you know, I'm creating, I'm doing something. It's still, this is where I relax. This is where I let go because my average work day is hectic is crazy is frustrating so this is my downtime. I don't watch television okay. um, you know people you don't miss it people much. I think <laughs> yeah I think you know people talk about all these shows and I mean I can't say I never watch television but I probably watch less than six hours of television a week
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: you know so less than an hour a day and I think well you know if if you watch every episode of 10 different shows, you could have written a book,
0: yeah. you could have
1: recorded an album, mm. you could have acted in a play, mm. you could have done all these things that you spent watching TV. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I think that's where it comes from is I just don't do a lot of the things that other people do for leisure. These this is my leisure.
0: Cool. Even though it's working leisure, this is <laughs> but, my leisure. You know, it pays off. You know, I I I love to play the guitar again, not sound like when I get the chance um you know i'll take off. I, I work from home so if i have a lunch break you know I, I sometimes i do sit down and i'll just get one of the guitars off the wall um what i'd love to do though is i'd love to i've got ideas bouncing around i've got loads and loads of sort of songs that i've started writing a few lines for and that tips disciplining yourself or finding that sort of creative space what works for you in terms of you know songwriting does it just come to you at, at randomly or do you set aside you know a time and a place to do
1: it um mostly it just comes to me um i rarely can sit down and write a song Mm. now i can sit down and write books or poems or um short stories or whatever but i i rarely can sit down and write music Mm. um music is more something that it just like it starts floating through my head and there it is Mm. um so it's hard for me to give tips on that. Now, you know, if you do it, do it. It's not going to be good all the time. In fact, it's going to be bad most of the time. Um, but I, well, I meant legit, you know, I mean, I have, I think through the years with different bands and stuff, I think I have five CDs worth of material out there right. that I've written. So probably you're talking yeah. 50 songs
0: yeah.
1: roughly. Yeah. Well, that is from, I've probably got two hundred that I've written that are garbage.
0: Okay.
1: (laughs) You know, I'll just stick in a folder somewhere and go, okay, maybe I can use a line or two of this sometime. Yeah. You know, Or maybe this can get rewritten or in the fact of fighting for my life, I didn't think it was garbage. I just didn't think it was time. I didn't, it didn't fit what I was doing at the time. So it didn't really, like I said, I thought it was a good song, but it wasn't right. Yeah. For any projects that I was working on at that time, you know, but it came back 20 years later and, that, and it was perfect for this current project. Yeah. And people like it. It's a really, I, I feel good about the song. I think it's a great song. Yeah. And you know, I've had a ton of people that say they thought it, that they did. So, you know, I think you, I think you your, are your own or should be your own worst critic. Yeah. So that's why you know i mean there's some people that i put stuff out you know people hate you know especially like the movie i've had people say it was terrible then i had other people say it was great hmm. you know it's according to what you like yeah and i mean that's you know it's a b movie it's not supposed to be a hollywood production nah. you know so some people don't see that some people try to try to compare it to a big hollywood production well it's not gonna work that way no nah. you know look at the story do you enjoy the story if you enjoy the story then it's a good movie yeah you know you don't have to necessarily have a million dollars invested in a movie to tell a good story and i was more focused and i'm always going to be more focused on telling a good story
0: Mm
1: -hmm. whether it be movie book song whatever to me the story is what's important
0: yeah segues nicely onto the next uh, the next segment, actually, to be honest, because we'll talk about. Yeah, I planned about... that. You did, yeah, I'm sure you did. <laughs> um, it's uh, your 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 latest release, your latest book release. Must admit, came out of nowhere for me. There we go. I was hoping you'd do that. Freak on the Moped. Fantastic title. You don't, <laughs> need, you don't need anything more explanatory than that.
1: Um, yeah, people ask what what is Freak on the Moped about. I'm like, well, it's about well, a freak. <laughs> On a moped.
0: Exactly. There you go. In a few more words, just give us a flavor of, of you know, obviously without giving too much away. Introduce us um to the story. Um, firstly, just, just give us a rundown on on the you know the synopsis as it were.
1: Yeah, um, it's um a sheriff of a small town in South Carolina and her son, who is her reluctant deputy, and then she has an older deputy that is about to retire. They're there because basically they can sit around and do nothing. You know, it's a small town, nothing ever happens. Occasionally you'll need to go keep a drunk from, you know, wanting to slap his wife or kids from drinking behind the local supermarket. And that's basically the duties that they've had for several years. And they're, they're fine with that because mm-hmm. the son doesn't want to be there. The older deputy is just sitting there waiting for retirement. And the lady sheriff has worked in big cities before and she's just burned out. Mm. And so she's happy sitting here watching television most nights. And like I said, getting the occasional, you know, DUI or drunken disorderly call, or, you know, a teenager has rolled somebody's house. Mm. And that's what they're happy with. And then all of a sudden, this guy on a moped comes through and starts killing people. So now they have a multiple murders to try to solve and they're very ill-equipped for it. So she has to kind of dig back into her training. The older cop has to kind of go, okay, I've got to get one more case done before I can retire. So he gets serious about it. And now her son, who is the younger cop, um, who wanted to be a surfer in California, but really wasn't very good at it so he came back home and really kind of had nothing to do so he ended up working for his mother. Mm -hmm. Um, But now he has a purpose. So it kind of refocuses them so that now they have a purpose of what they're doing Mm -hmm. and they're all kind of revitalized. But at the same time, they're having to figure out how to be real police again. and so the story, I think, you know, but it goes deeper. It's, there's some comedy in there. It's obviously with a name like Freak on a Mote. It's got some <laughs> dark comedy in there. Yeah. Um, but I think it tells a very intriguing story as well. So it, again, deals with relationships between a son and a mother, between um, a couple of the characters get romantically involved. Um, so the relationship between them. And then the relationship between the freak on the moped and the other people in the story. Because, of course, there's a reason he's doing this. Yeah. Um, other than the fact of the first person that he kills, they ask, why are you doing this? And he says, because I'm a freak on the moped. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the reason does run a little deeper than that. So we get into that in the book.
0: It does. And, you know, I'll ask about inspirations behind it. But firstly, you know, this book it brought back memories of probably every sort of classic 80s horror film. And that's what I grew up
1: on was the 80s and 90s slasher films. You know, I grew up on Friday the 13th and Halloween. Yeah. And um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Scream and, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street.
0: Yeah. So that's what I enjoy. So, again,
1: I think you write what you know.
0: Yeah.
1: And those were an intimate part of my teenage years. Mm. And so that's what I knew. So that's what that's what I enjoy. That's what I like. But I also like getting into the psychological aspect. I mean, whether it be the Manson book or the Moped book, both those, I think, really delve into the psychological aspect of those characters.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And there, there really is a backstory to this, which you do find with a lot of these, you know, these classic horror films. They may look cheesy now on the surface, but there is a narrative. And there is a reason why these things are happening. And it, it does right. take just a little bit of time for that to come out. You perfectly, I think, do weave that story, you know, tell that story through it. You don't leave us hanging till the end, you do in some respect, but you do kind of hint throughout the book. And that's what really, I think, kept me hooked on it. <laughs> and another Thank thing, you. another thing is you've broken up again, not to give anything away because people will realize this when they start reading it. You you put it into two parts. Mm -hmm. and um just because it was kind of it was going through at at, a fair pace and I was kind of thinking just when you think you got to the end I forgot (laughs) there's there's more of this book to go you know what (laughs) what else can happen here and which I thought was again it was brilliant it kept me it kept me hooked but there you say at the end this is kind of one thing I wanted to bring up is there's a reason for that quite an Mm -hmm. interesting reason why you you put it in two parts and and an interesting um way that this story initially came to life before it was
1: a book Do you want
0: to say um, that? yeah it was
1: originally perceived or conceived and um planned as a uh, film so as a movie it was going to be the first film that i did and i just i wrote it as a screenplay and that was the first that was part one of the mm. book um so part one was the screenplay for the film and the film was actually recorded it was re- um it was completely done except for I had worked with an unsavory director slash editor and he ended up disappearing with all my footage Mm. so after almost four years of trying to retrieve the footage to try to salvage the film I sort of just gave up Um, you know it it was going to come down to me having to get legal action and sue him and honestly i don't think he has enough to go after to make it worth my while um and it just kind of like okay the ship is settled i can either reshoot the entire film or once i got the um deal with black bedsheet books black bedsheet books is my publisher Mm -hmm. out of antelope california who also has some other great authors so if you enjoy my stuff check out other black bedsheet book authors Um, because I think you'll like a lot of them, and once I got the Family Man deal, um, Family Man did well enough that Black Bed Sheet offered me a deal for several more books, so the first one I approached him with was like, okay, I had this movie deal. It fell through. I love this story. I want to tell this story. I think it would make a good book, so I pitched him the con- the concept and all, and he was like, yeah, sounds great. Let's do it, so that's where I just took the script basically and changed the script into novel, did a novelization of my own script. Um, so that's where that came. Wow. It may have been better without the bright light. Um, <laughs> it's who all knows? Good. It's
0: all good. Probably
1: should have left it off the whole time. <laughs> but, um, so that's where part one came from. And, you know, if you're writing a horror movie, you always set it up for a sequel. So you always kind of got to leave it hanging at the end. Yeah. So of course, part one, you, Think it's done. We give a pretty good conclusion to part one, but there's that little but something, mm. you know. So you're thinking, hmm. I think something else is there. Yeah. So basically, part two. Um, at the time, now I did not have a sequel planned out. You know, you just always set a horror movie up with a hmm, yeah. at the end, just in case. So um, there was no part two. So when I was writing the book, like I said I adapted the script into the novel for part one. And then I'm like, okay, two things, scripts are always shorter because when you're filming, you know, you've got a lot of empty space Mm. where people are running or people are, you know, whatever, where scripts are a lot shorter than novels are. So there really wasn't enough for a full length novel. So I decided, okay, now's the time, you know, now I'm going to write part two. So the sequel, what would have been the sequel to the film or what finished telling the story was part two of the book. And honestly, I didn't know what happened. Um, I wasn't, when I wrote part one, I wasn't even sure who the freak was going to be at the end.
0: No.
1: Um, so part two kind of, I, those characters told me what happened. I mean, if that's the way I write is I'll have a basic concept in mind. Yeah. Um, and then I let those characters tell me their story. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Same here. It's, 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 I, I, a couple of my books or one book in particular was completely done like that. I, I don't sit down and plan mine, but one is made up of all these different stories that literally just came out of nowhere and I had the most mm-hmm. fun with it. And I think it's, it's, it's
1: nice. Yeah, that's well, I mean, it keeps, keeps me intrigued. And that's mm-hmm. what you know. I think. I feel like, OK, if I'm intrigued, if I want to know what comes next, mm-hmm. then hopefully my readers will want to know what comes yeah. next and they'll be intrigued and if i'm invested in these characters they hopefully they will be invested in these characters yeah because again you know sometimes you start writing stuff you think it's a great idea and you get you know 50 pages into it and you're not interested anymore no nah. well if you're not interested then that means your readers aren't going to be interested so that goes in the scrap pile hmm. or that goes in the okay i was practicing pile yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know um, and maybe you'll bring one of those characters into another story maybe you'll revise that story into something else or maybe that was just practice and it just sits there forever. Yeah. But um, you know, generally that's what yeah, I'll have a basic idea, but I rarely know the ending of my stories. Oh, that's um, cool. You know, I may have an idea how it's going to end or I may not. And then like I said, I'll let the characters tell me yeah. how that story ends.
0: So I was going to ask actually how difficult was it to, to leap back into, you know, pick that story up from where you had left it. you know um, by
1: the time um by the time i got through with the novelization like i said i wanted to know what happened next (laughs) i was like i'm ready i want to know what happens next so it really flowed really fast it really came really quick i probably wrote the part one the novelization part in a little over a month a month and a half just because i had everything there i had to fill in some blanks of course because again you're gonna have a lot of visuals in a movie that you're not gonna have in a book, you've got to describe those visuals. Yeah. So, you know, I had to add some, but I had I had the script. So all I'm doing is adapting a script. Yeah. Um, part two, though, you know, I had nothing. So it probably took, though, two months, three right. maybe at most. Um, and I did very few revisions. I went back and read it, you know, because I guess you do the same once you're finished, you go back and read the whole thing yeah. again to see, does this tie together? Yeah. Does this make sense? yeah um you know do i still like it Um, and i do the same thing with music is i'll write a song and then i'll kind of put it away for a week and if i'm humming it if i'm kind of singing that song to myself for that week then i'm like okay this is a good song i need to pull it back out and let's finish it let's do something with it yeah where if i'm finished it and i just kind of forget about it Hmm. again that shows me if i'm not interested in it then why would anyone else be yeah
0: yeah no, I totally get that. And uh it's great to hear that 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 kind of creativity goes over, you know, both things that you do with the writing and the mm-hmm. and, and the music. And you like you said earlier, you are your own worst critic. So if um I, I've got two or three books on the go over the last couple of years that I've started and stopped, mainly because you know one thing or another over the last couple of years, my create my inspiration hasn't been where it used to be. But it's like if I don't pick it up again, I'm not invested enough. All right like you just said you know if the reader and that's one thing about this book like i say it was pacey which is brilliant because i don't have the biggest attention span when it comes to reading um or the most time either so i i want a book where i can literally just dive back into it
1: and yeah and that's why i like to write short keep my chapters short yeah because some of you know my favorite authors most of my favorite authors i mean we can take stephen king out there because he writes chapters that are 120 pages long size of
0: a book, yeah
1: yeah but um You know, Jonathan Kellerman, um, John Sanford, Mm -hmm. a lot of my favorite authors keep their chapters to three page, you know, three, four pages tops. Mm -hmm. And I like that because sometimes, you know, I'm an avid reader as well. I don't have a ton of time for it, Mm -hmm. but I still like to do it. Even if I'm writing my own story, I'm probably reading someone else's.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, So, you know, I'll read like one chapter before bed or two chapters before bed or, you know, whatever and I can go, okay, I can have a stopping point here. I can read, well, I'm reading David Baldacci right now, who's also one of my favorites. Same thing, you know, like last night, I'm like, okay, I'm going to read two chapters. Well, of course, I ended up reading like five or six chapters, but still that is 20 pages or 30 pages. That's not 150 pages. And so that's why I try to do that too. I try to look, I try to write, whether i'm writing music whether i'm writing books movies whatever i try to write it from the perspective of would i enjoy this yeah you know do i like this story do i like this song would i listen to this if it wasn't my music mm. would i read this if it wasn't my book
0: yeah yeah one of the um the great things with horror again, you've already mentioned this, you've kind of written this interview for me, I think, um, is where you, you you can have sequels. Probably in the movie world, you had needless sequels. You know, too many just to keep the series going. As long as they're making money, they're going to make sequels. Exactly. Do you, do you feel that there's still life in Freak on the Moped for something else that comes off the back of it? Or, or does it? it I or does it didn't.
1: When I wrote it, I felt like I finished the story.
0: Hmm.
1: I felt like, okay, I wrapped it up. There's a nice little bow on it. It's, um, I think a bittersweet ending Hmm. is what I would call it because, you know, I think it wraps it up It's a good stop. I think there's some happy in the ending. There's some sad in the ending, but I think I tie it all together so you can feel it all at once. Um, But I thought this is period, the end. I finished all these character stories you know, everybody had their life complete. Their story was complete. In the few months since it's been out, I've actually felt a little more like, okay, maybe there's a little more to Dennis's story. Okay. Um,
0: yeah.
1: You know, maybe there's maybe there's even more to the freak story. Mm-hmm. So, who knows? I I don't know that this will be necessarily a series. No. Nah. I'm not even sure that there will be another freak book, but mm. I think there could be. Mm. So
0: of be
1: yeah, I won't, I won't say yes or no on never that. Because, yeah, at this point, I don't know. Like I said, when I wrote it, I thought I was finished. Mm. Um, I've already started writing my next book, of course.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Um, but maybe, maybe there is something else there. And if there is, and people like it enough, and there's a reason, then maybe there will be more. Maybe there will be another freak. Cool. I don't know what I'll call it. I mean, I don't know that it'd be freak on a moped, but <laughs> um, maybe it can be freak on a mini scooter. I was going to say, you,
0: a, you could just take that, you know. Freak on a skateboard, freak in a pinto. You know, You know, if they go around killing people, they could be on anything they want. to be Right, one, so. right. So,
1: you <laughs> know, there's definitely there's definitely room, room for expansion <laughs> there. And I do want to point out that a um, website called critters.org did um name freak on a moped the best indie horror novel of 2021 that's
0: amazing mate well, congratulations So that
1: was pretty cool that is my first first writing award um, Cool. family man was nominated for a rondo but i didn't win okay so you know freak on a moped did actually win best indie nice. horror novel of 2021 on for site. sites okay. i thought that was great
0: sky's the limit really that's say me so what what are you um can you divulge what you're working on at the minute or is it sort of classified at the moment
1: it's not classified necessarily um but i'm just gonna leave that light off yeah, unless you right. need um it's getting on my nerves so um th- it's gonna be that i'll break that light. that's gonna be the story <laughs> i'll break this light over someone's head um no um it's not classified at all. You know, I'm not deep enough into the story yet to even know that I'm going to finish it. Okay. I think I'm going to finish it, but I'm still in kind of the developmental phases of it. So, um, honestly, I haven't gotten that far. Mm. Okay. So I really don't want to say anything about it yet because it may not, this may not be my next book. <laughs> no, <it's hard laughs> to... You know, I'm just like I said, I'm still in really the early stages. I think I'm only on about chapter three. Okay. So it's so early in there. And like I said, not sketching out the whole story or anything. Mm. It's hard to know at this point what it's about or where it's going. Okay. I have my basic concepts, my basic character structure, but I've just started, I've just started getting to know those characters myself.
0: Okay. So we've built up everyone's intrigue already with that. And I know people are going to be watching this. They're going to want to know what happens next. So it brings me quite nicely on where can people find you if they want to keep up to date, find out information about what you've done, everything you're doing now, everything you've got coming up, where can they find you?
1: Um, I am on Twitter. I am on Instagram at Chuck W. Chapman. I am on Facebook, which is probably the best place to get me at um, Chuck W. Chapman Entertainer is my page. So that is... That, that way you don't have to look at my cats or my cars or, you know, me out to dinner or anything. Um, so the Chuck W. Chapman Entertainer page, if you send me a friend request just for my regular Chuck W. Chapman, that's my personal stuff. You're going to have to see pictures of my cat, and, you know, pictures of the Next Kiss concert and all that. And if you're interested in that, that's fine. I have friend space. But, um, you know, the Chuck W. Chapman Entertainer is where you'll only get like info on what I'm doing entertainment wise. So, but either of those, and if you do send me on my regular page, just say, hey, I saw you and didn't talk, you know, I'd like to keep up with your stuff. Cool, I'll approve you. Um, so that way, also I do have a website. I don't maintain it anywhere near as well as I would like to or need to, but it is chuckwchapman.com. So it is there and you can link to my other sites through there. And you can, I think, purchase music and stuff through there as well. So, all of those, and also YouTube, of course. Um, mm-hmm. Chuck W. Chapman music. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I'm sorry, I forgot, I forgot one. Also, Foam F O A M Productions films on YouTube, and that way you can find some of my short films and um, some of the documentary stuff that I do. I did a documentary where I spent a night at the Lizzie Borden house um and i've got a new documentary coming hopefully soon if i ever get time to edit it hopefully within the next few months of where i spent a day at um a place called the omen house which is not where the movie the omen was filmed totally different omen o-m-a-n it is on cielo drive down um four houses down from the sharon tate house where the manson murders occurred right and it is supposed to be one of the most haunted houses in the country so i spent um the biggest part of a day there and interviewed the owner and he took me through the house and all. So I think that'll be pretty cool. I just got to have time to put it together.
0: That's very cool. So really, I mean, this is the second show. That I've done with you, we're probably going to have to factor in a third at some point because there's another. anytime, time, man. Yeah. anytime. time. There's there's another part of your creativity we haven't even really tapped into yet. Um, with with sort of your acting, filmmaking, you know, documentary making and that, we we haven't really discussed that. And I know you've got a lot to share, so we'll definitely have you back and uh, you know to talk about one of those. So is it is it you're not kind of going ghost hunting? I take it it's, it's more sort of a uh, sort of an educational piece around
1: um mine i try to do most of my videos from more of a historical perspective yeah um you know i'll visit like an old graveyard at night and just kind of walk through and show you headstones and that kind of thing sometimes um i do um i am a um certified parapsychologist so i do have some knowledge and some dealings with the supernatural um I do have a book started as well about my personal experiences with the supernatural, um, cause there's been quite a few.
0: Right.
1: Um, so that's kind of a second book that I have going at the same time awesome. as my next novel. So, um, so I do, if the place has a history of, um, you know, any kind of hauntings and stuff like the Lizzie Borden thing, we did do a small investigation, mm-hmm. um, where we did have some experiences and stuff but I'm not a ghost hunter per se no. that's not what my films are generally about i do have another one scheduled soon that is a place downtown where i live here uh that was a speakeasy in the 1920s or 30s or whatever <coughs> um and they've asked me if i would be interested in coming doing a documentary there and kind of doing a ghost hunt paranormal okay. type thing and so, because I was asked, then yes, I'm going to.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. You know, same thing, the, my office here has a, a ghost, and I'm probably going to do one based on yeah. it, but I want to have more, um, mm. you know, do more footage and have yeah. more where I can actually delve into it. So, there's just tons, you know, I meant, wow. it's what what can I do now? What can I do next? I guess is my theme. So, you yeah. know, I try to do so many different things that I'm I'm just interested in so many different things. Yeah. I try to do them. I try to do them all. So I was kind of try to rotate between and the filmmaking just takes so much time.
0: Yeah, I can imagine.
1: Unless a lot of my YouTube videos on the phone, um, phone productions films channel is um some of those are just a little quick, you know, three minute or five minute or whatever. Like I do a virtual tour of Barker Ranch where the Manson family was captured. Oh, okay. Well. Um, so I've got a virtual tour on it, just like seven minutes. Um, you know, so I do some of those type things, and like I said, a graveyard, like just walking through a graveyard at night type things. And also there's those, but then like the Lizzie documentary is 45 minutes. So yeah. when I do the full documentaries, those take a lot of time, yeah. not only to film, but also to put together, to edit, because you're gonna have a lot of footage you're not gonna use and stuff where, you know, people can't be heard, whatever. So they take a lot more time to put together. And those are the ones that I only put out maybe once a year or something. Okay. Or maybe every six six to eight months, something like that. But I always I try to do at least every month or two one of the small things because yeah. they're just fun. They're fun and easy.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's, 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 that's the name of the game, isn't it? I'll, I'll definitely check some more of that out. I've, I checked a few of your videos out, but I must admit have I haven't. The, the graveyard ones would be quite interesting for me. I do love mm-hmm. that. know I don't go around doing it myself but whenever I'm kind of passing through I can't help but
1: yeah I mean you know again I'm not doing it it. looking for ghosts or anything I just I love the history and you know the fact the the art the art of it. Mm -hmm. I mean some of those tombstones are just beautiful.
0: Yeah yeah yeah
1: you know and so well crafted and just you know great memorials to the people I think it's really sad that what we have now is a little urn with a little plate this big, or else we have a place in the ground with a little golden plate, you know. Yeah. I don't think that's near as appropriate a memorial to someone's life no. as the tombstones that were so crafted and that put a picture of them, or you know, whatever they liked, or you know, the angels or whatever was on there. I just mm. I just love the art artistic value of it and the yeah. historical value. You know, if I'm going through a, through a graveyard, generally, I'm not even talking about ghosts or spirits or anything, unless it happens. There's some way it relates, you know, mm, sure. but if oh. someone says, OK, I saw a ghost here, I may mention it. OK, so I saw yeah. this, yeah. you know, but in general, it's just like, let's enjoy this. Yeah. You know, and I always tell people never disturb anything, you know, never damage anything. Be respectful, you know, whether you're exploring an old abandoned house, which I also do, you um, you know, whether you're doing that kind of thing or whether you're going to a graveyard or whatever, whatever it is, if it doesn't belong to you, be respectful.
0: Yeah, because
1: if you're not, then you're the reason that other people can't do this. Yeah. You know, don't be the reason that other people can't enjoy this.
0: No. You would think it's, it's not too much to ask, wouldn't you? But.
1: <laughs> you wouldn't think.
0: There you go listen chuck there we go so we've already set up i think whenever the third one will happen we will have you back on we've got a lot more to talk about thank you so awesome. much for you thank you so much for your time um to coming in and uh, all the best with the with the ep and freak on the mopeds and whatever else lies ahead before we speak again mate
1: thank you so much chris i appreciate it man
0: anytime man take take it easy
1: you too